0: Hi, everybody! It's your boy. It's Corey Ryan Forster, and you're listening to My Dumb, Dumb Brain with Corey Ryan Forster, the Substack exclusive podcast. What does that mean? My well, dumb brain? Yeah, it's Are you stupid? No, that's not at all what I'm saying. Why? Why would people? Can you? Why would people listen to you if, you if you were stupid? Will you, will you please let me finish? Is this is this what it sounds like to be you? Mm-hmm. Like every day, yep. every day of your life? Yes. This is what it what it sounds like. <sighs> How does your wife deal with this? I don't know. I mean, she's got to hate you, right? I don't like. Maybe not. It. Surely this isn't what she signed up for. She, she knew who I was when we met. Yeah, I'm sure you're that same guy, buddy. <laughs> just shut up, please shut up. Just what were we even talking about? Uh, you were introducing the podcast, right? Is what you were doing, right? Okay, yes. Welcome to my dumb dumb brain with Corey Ryan Forrest. That's what it was. That's what it was. I was wondering why it was called my dumb dumb brain because you're not stupid. But that's because that's what I just called my brain that because I suffer from depression. Oh, it's my dumb dumb brain. Right? I've said that before. Okay. Why don't you- Okay, I, so you don't really think you're stupid. N- no more than anyone else, I don't guess. So, so it's like a, just a defense mechanism, right? In, in what in what way? Well, like if you say that you're stupid and then somebody calls you stupid, you're like, yeah, uh, no, I'm, wh- I know. I'm the one that said that. I mean, okay, probably a, a little bit. No, it's exactly that. Come on. You say that you're stupid. That way when you do something that's not stupid, it's like extra <sighs> impressive to people. Oh, or so mm-hmm. that's what you've made yourself think, right? Come on, just admit <laughs> it. Yes, actually, that's... Knew it! That's pretty much it. Knew it! All insecurity. Boom! Anyways. Welcome Welcome to to the the show. show! Hey and welcome to another episode of my dumb dumb brain with Corey Ryan Forster. This is Corey Ryan Forster, and if you're here, then you subscribe to my Substack, CoreyRyanForster.substack.com, and I really really appreciate you. Tell your friends if you like it, they might like it too. Also, if you are subscribed for free, that's great, but maybe consider bumping up to the five dollar edition. You would have gotten this episode earlier. You would have also gotten audio versions of every single thing that I do on here for a cup of coffee. It's pretty much I think that's what a cup of coffees are five bucks now or yeah something like that Yep, yeah, something like that it's like five bucks or something like that um so if you if you have subscribed to the five dollar tier awesome thank you appreciate you very much if you haven't maybe consider it and by the way if you would like to but you're like Corey, i can't afford it it's christmas time you dummy uh i'm out of work I, i'm on strike or just dude i got five kids i can't be spending another five bucks a month you know what well, guess what fret not <laughs> I said not enough. You can email me at buttercreamcory at gmail.com, and I will comp you a subscription, no questions asked. You may think to yourself, will you ask me a question? Mm -hmm. No, I will not. I will ask you no questions. No questions whatsoever will I ask you. Um, Yeah, and we've been having a lot of fun. I hope you read the essay this week. Have yourself a merry little biscuit. People were enjoying that. A bunch of people said, hey, Corey, how can you share something like this and not include a recipe? Well... Got to tell you, I do not have my Granny Bane's biscuit recipe. I don't. Uh, I don't. And and my, and me, myself, I've not ever even tried to make them my own. Like, I, I just know it's not going to be as good. Maybe I'll try. I'll figure something out. But, like, you know, maybe don't come to me for the biscuit recipe. Go to a mamaw. We need to have, there needs to be some sort of website because there's all sorts of recipes out there like you know you google things and all sorts of uh, recipes pop up there needs to be a website that exclusively is like a wikipedia for meemaws meemawpedia uh uh, nannypedia something i don't know uh that is just ran by meemaws and it's just a place where they go dump all their recipe i guess that's kind of what facebook is yeah yeah yeah, maybe maybe. i don't know kind of is that's kind of i believe that's kind of what facebook is but but this would be a place where you don't have any of the other BS. None of the political opinions or the, uh, I, I post this or they're going to steal all your information. My, na- my name is Gertrude and I, Gertrude, do not give you permission to take my profile. you remember when that bullshit was going around? Ugh. Jesus Christ. I think I saw somebody post the other day. And it was something to the effect of, like, all the things that our parents warned us about when the internet came out, they are now the ones falling victim of. Like, they're the ones that actually fell for that shit. Like they would always tell us when we were kids, be, be careful. There's people on there who just want to steal your money. And, oh, there's false information. And, oh, there's predators. And, like, we were just like, okay. And then we didn't do it. We just used, we were like, cool, yeah, we're going to play games. We're going to play games and uh, fuck around and try to get some ass And then they waited forever to get on the internet. And then once they finally got on there, they just are believing the most nonsensical. Like, it's it's so many times some elderly person, you'll see him just be like, oh my God, I don't know if you heard and the mainstream media will not tell you about this, but it turns out that every morning before her workout, Hillary Clinton gets three full-size babies out of her freezer and blends them up with blueberries and drinks it because apparently that gives you strength and babies are a good source of amino acids. Okay, you're going off the rails. <laughs> like that. Stop it. Let's get back to what I was talking about, which was there needs to be a Wikipedia just for Meemaw's. Uh Malls are the only ones that have uh, like access to it. We can all read it but it's only memeals that have access to it, and it is exclusively recipes and like old timey ways to like uh, treat infections and shit like that. And like, if you were gonna go, like, let's say hypothetically, you needed a casserole dish, you're like, I need a casserole dish. Well, instead of going like on Google and being like, what's the highest rated? You know, on, like, Yelp, or well, Yelp doesn't do casserole dishes, but, like, what, what has the biggest Amazon rating? you got to understand that all of those, that, that, those ratings are from everyone, and everyone don't know exactly what you need in a casserole dish, but do you know it, who knows exactly mm-hmm. what you need yep. in a casserole dish? I do. Me too. It's fucking Mammals. meemals, Mammals, Grannies, Grandmas, memes, Moo Moo's, whatever you want to call them, they are the ones that knows, and that is the opinion that we need. I would fucking pay so much money to see, like, an around-the-horn ESPN-style uh, uh, panel show where it was just Meemaw's discussing the latest La Crusade pans and shit like that. If Meemaw's even used the La Crusade, I don't know. I know that, like, they, like, basically with, like, cast-iron skillets and stuff like that, I feel like Lodge is, like, the highest end you can be, and it's still not even that expensive. But I would love, I would Oh my God, a podcast, instead of this pod, do you know how quickly this podcast would be put out of business if there was a podcast of just like three to four Meemaws? I don't know how many Meemaws you could have before it was like too many literal cooks in the kitchen. I think the like these two Meemaws have kind of paired off and they hate these two Meemaws and like three's company. Maybe just two Meemaws, a podcast of two Meemaws just discussing Meemaw shit. I need it. How do I find a way I'll produce it I'll be the person like y'all y'all go find me two Meemaws. if you're out there, In my dumb, dumb brain world, and you think, my Meemaw is perfect for this, and her Meemaw friend is perfect for this, get me with them, and I'm going to make this happen. I've already got the theme song, by the way. It's a a song that I wrote uh, on my old podcast, Through the Screen Door, and I'm going to try to remember it off the top of my head. It goes something like, it's like a, when it's June or July, and she makes pumpkin pie, that's a Meemaw. that's That's all i remember from it but we could start with that and kind of build something around it i think what else would be on this meemaw wikipedia i mean you've of course you've got recipes Of course, you've got, like, medical advice, (laughs) which, like, look, man, you know, we give them shit, like, a lot of these old people are like, don't listen to Dr. Fauci, he don't know what you really need to do. If you start coughing and you think you've got COVID, all you gotta do is cut up a couple cucumbers and a couple onions and make a nice little relish and put them in your socks and then wear them socks when you go to bed and hang yourself upside down and make sure that you're watching Match Game 77 with Gene Rayburn on there, All right, and that'll cure you. Right up. But sometimes the shit that they say works. Like it's you know, sometimes it is it is practical. I'll be honest with you right now. One thing my all taught me is it there's hardly anything on earth that could be wrong with me that a little vix vapor rub on my chest won't knock right the fuck out i'm telling you right now matter of fact i'm just now thinking about this for the first time in a while like i need to just go get me some vix vapor if you've never and by the way this podcast is not sponsored by vix vapor rub but vix vapor rub if you are listening i will take your money and i will hawk your products um that was like the best sleep you could get when I was a kid, like when I would just be not feeling good, I'd be at Granny's house and I'd see her break out that little blue jar of Vicks Vapor Rub and she'd come walking in she'd put me in her bed and she had an electric blanket that her ass, of course, had turned on in the middle of August. She'd put me under that electric blanket, she'd put rub that Vicks Vapor Rub on me and she'd sit there and she'd start telling me some bedtime story about Pinky and Blue Boy or some such and then I just, next thing I know, boom, it's the next day and I'm sitting there watching prices Right at the Beauty shop with her listening to Miss Vicky tell her now Edna you don't need to get a permanent every week and my granny's like well by god I want a permanent every week are you do, am I paying you to tell me when I want a permanent or am I paying you to put the goddamn permanent on me I'm paying you to put the goddamn permanent on me put the goddamn permanent on me Granny called it a perm, a permanent, I, which I know that's what <laughs> it the long the long version is. But she and she didn't say GD. By the way, that's all me. I'm sorry, Granny Bain, rest in peace. I would never put that on you. you she would never say those words. So 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 back to the back to the issue at hand. The all Wikipedia. We've got recipes. We've got old timey medical advice. We've got uh, advice on on like uh, you know like I said, cleaning out your cast iron skillet. Uh um, I know I know I know I also uh, it'll be a place where you can go to see like the early bird special on every single restaurant like anytime you're like oh when is the modern woodman of america doing their deal at the golden corral which y- i don't know if y'all know that but the modern woodman of the mayor of, of america of the america the modern woodman of america uh they'll they'll do like deals and them in the aarp where like if you go down when they're at the golden corral you can get like five dollars off or something like that if you just like pretend that you're gonna join their insurance mm, or some bullshit I, I uh yeah i may have pulled that one straight out of my ass i don't really know that but it's the Modern Women of America, the ARP, the Shriners. The Shriners, by the way, I genuinely have no goddamn idea what they do, but that is some mama and Papaw shit. Those motherfuckers that, like, ride around in the teeny tiny little uh, cars with the Fez hats on, which has always been funny. They look like Will Ferrell in, Austin pa- in, in the movie Austin Powers. I don't know what they do, but I do know that they drive around, they throw candy at kids, they have pecan logs, which, by the way, if you've never had a pecan log, ooh, do I love a pecan log? That's some memal shit too. It's got divinity in it. That's where. That's why we need memal Wikipedia so that you can type in things like, what are the Shriners and what is a pecan log? And I know that you can do that to Google right now, but Google will give you like the real answer. I want the memal answer. I want to hear memals describe this shit. This is like an Ask Jeeves website, but Ask meemaw's that's ask a name. Uh, what's a better name ask sylvia ask tukey ask uh uh what's a great meemaw name uh gertrude that's pretty solid uh you that's pretty you pretty good ask you i like ask you that's gonna be the website or meemaw wikipedia um so yeah i think we need to work on that anybody out there that knows anything about coding or apps or anything like how that works get with me um, I, don't, I don't want any money. Like I'm going to do this out of the goodness of my heart, just like how Wikipedia is. I think we need to get on some big form of meme archives. Um, wow, I immediately went off the rails on this show. I did say last week that we were going to talk about some of my favorite Christmas movies, and we are totally going to do that uh, right after this. This week's episode of My Dumb Dumb Brain is brought to you by the Bethlehem Bar and Grill. Had a long night schlepping gifts across the desert? Well, come on in and wet your whistle at the Bethlehem Bar and Grill, where every night is a miracle. From fish fries to Mai ties, we offer the perfect environment. Got a family? Try our fish and bread miracle platter. Feeds 5,000. Maybe you're trying to cut back and watch that old robe line. Well, not to fret, try something on the lighter side. How about a salad with our born of a virgin olive oil, topped with our homemade, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten sun dried tomatoes? That's right, we've got olives and beans, chickens and greens, cabbage potatoes, fine ripe tomatoes, enough food to fill up the belly of a whale, and you can even eat pork, but we'll never tell. We have so much food that last week we served a party of 12 and one guy didn't eat again for three whole days. Looking to just blow off some steam with a drink? Heard that, buddy. Well, this holy watering hole is filled with all the strong drink you can handle. But what if I just want water? Oh, believe me, pal, they all start as water. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, go, go, go to the Bethlehem Bar and Grill, where the cock crows thrice, the potatoes are baked twice, and every meal is a revelation. Don't make it your last supper. And now, back to the show. All right, thank you to our uh, new sponsors, Bethlehem Bar & Grill. This week, I want to talk about one of my absolute favorite movies of all time. Uh, The movie that, to me, it is Just Not Christmas Without. Everybody has their favorites. Uh, I'm not going to rank them. I was going to talk about all of them in one episode, but I just just can't do it. We're going to have to talk about them probably one at a time. And this week, I want to talk about Christmas Vacation, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. It is just, I mean, my God. Again, I I said I wasn't going to rank them, but in my opinion, this is just... The definitive Christmas movie. I know a lot of people are going to be like, well, what about a Christmas story? I love a Christmas story. For the record, I like. there's hardly a Christmas movie that I do not like. I mean, I guess maybe I've seen one, and I just was like, yeah, I'm never going to watch that again, so I don't think about it as much. But, like, I love a lot, a lot, a lot of Christmas movies, and this one is one that I'm just like, especially as a... Do you know how hard it is for a comedy to hold up? And in my opinion, this movie absolutely holds up and i know a lot of people may think to themselves and say oh well you're you just saying that because you love the movie you're not being objective about it not true and let me explain to you why um the movie caddyshack also means a great deal to me has some of the same cast i love the movie caddyshack when i was a kid it used to crack me the fuck up obviously it still does in a lot of ways but i'm here to tell you i can admit that movie does not hold up that well. There are some scenes that I'm like, what are they even doing here? You can tell this is just a cocaine-addled mess. But National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, I do not feel that way. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, uh, as we all know, came out in 1989. It's a Christmas comedy. It was directed uh, by uh, Jeremiah S. Chechnik. Chechik? I'm probably saying that wrong. It was written by our main man John Hughes, based on characters by John Hughes, starring Chevy Chase, Beverly D'Angelo, and Randy Quaid, along with of course uh, some more. And I'm, by the way, I'm giving you all the credits because I'm I'm in I'm in the industry, so I want these people to get credit for it. <laughs> Cinematography by Thomas E. Ackerman, edited by Jerry Greenberg and Michael A. Stevenson. Music by Angelo Bad ba- Badalamenti. Listen, I. When I try to pronounce, I have such a fear because of my accent that when I try to pronounce something and I fail at it, that it sounds racist, even though that's not the case. I'm just not used to saying some of these words with my accent and they do not translate. Uh, So I apologize to anybody that I seem to offend. I'm not trying to be funny. That is just the way that, I say things. I can't I can't pronounce them good. I got a dumb, dumb brain and a dumb, dumb mouth. Yes, you sure do, you dumbass. With a running tide of 97 minutes, this movie uh, cost a whopping $25 million to make, which I, I gotta tell you, in the 80s, I don't know what that number's like, but that's with inflation, that's probably like... 50-something million today, and this is a comedy. I guess that kind of makes sense. The box office, it brought in $73.3 million, so a massive financial success. And also, like, that's just box office. Like, that's just what it did in the theaters. This is one of those movies that is just a complete mainstay. It is always on television, which means that they are constantly getting royalties. There is, like, I'm sure that I'll find uh, when I'm reading along here what the movie has made to date, but, like, I'm certain that it is insane. Let's let's also let's go over the plot and this is from Wikipedia. I'm making no bones about it. I'm sitting here on the Wikipedia page. I'm going to go through the plot uh, and provide some commentary on that. So here we go. Chicago area resident Clark, Clark Griswold, who of course is played by Chevy Chase, who regardless of how you feel about Chevy Chase, I know they're like, you know, listen, the guy seems like he might be a nightmare. That's not me saying it. That's people that work with him on Community. Uh, the man has apparently said some pretty awful things. I don't think he's a nice man. All that aside, who cares? In, in I mean, I care, but in this situation, you every head must bow, every tongue must profess that in this movie, my man absolutely crushes as Clark Griswold. He was born to play Clark Griswold. In my opinion, nobody on earth could play Clark Griswold quite like... Chevy Chase. Clark Griswold plans to have a Christmas with his entire family. He gathers his wife, Ellen, his daughter, Audrey, and his son, Rusty, who, by the way, Rusty, as we all know, uh, ends up going on to be uh, in the Big in the Big Bang Theory. That's uh, uh, Leonard from the Big Bang Theory. I definitely did not know that the first several hundred million times I watched this movie. Uh, but yeah, that's true. They drive out to the country to find a tree, one of the absolute greatest greatest scenes when they're driving they've got the fucking rednecks behind them which like they're they're live by the way they're living in chicago i would like to point this out they're living in chicago and obviously they're going to go a little outside of chicago they're in the suburbs to go find a tree but the people that they are fucking like the the dudes coming up behind them in this truck are the most redneck looking like they're from tennessee sons of bitches in the entire world like dog I'm not saying that people don't look like that in rural Illinois. They certainly do. But in the suburbs of Chicago, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> they were definitely like, hey, what do a bunch of assholes in a truck look like? "Uh Oh, they look like uh, they look like people from Tennessee. Let's make them look like people from fucking Tennessee. It's fine, but we all know what you're doing. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah, Corey, we get it. You got a chip on your shoulder about them making people from your area look like a dipshit. We understand. Just move on, buddy. Uh, so they get they get chased down by this truck or whatever, uh, and uh, they run them off the road. Of course, Clark flips them off. Uh, while he's... Right after he, the, the fucking scene where he sings the la 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 Movie comes out the gate just absolutely slapping and firing on all cylinders. Of course, they wreck uh, the stereotypical station wagon uh, that they have. This is... Then we all know they wrecked that. They're in the snow. Then they finally get to the uh, they get to the Christmas tree park and the Christmas tree park, they, the Christmas tree farm. It's not a park, you dumbass. And this is where, like, if you'd never seen any National Lampoon movie before, if you if you weren't f- um, the character building immediately explaining who Clark Griswold is, like when he goes there and you realize, like, no, 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 not any tree is gonna do for this man. Like he's got to get the big one. Nothing else will do. This is a guy who works his ass off at a company that don't give a fuck about him. All right. He's got kids who don't appreciate him. He's uh, wife, obviously a loving woman. He, he the way that, the way that Clark Griswold through these movies treats his wife, he's a bit of an asshole because Beverly D'Angelo uh, is great. And Ellen is a tremendous person, but he kind of, I think he lets the weight of the world get to him a little bit. He's the man. He does everything. He's the breadwinner. He's super stressed. And the one thing that he can control in his life, God damn it Is how good of a Christmas that they are going to have. And how good of a Christmas they're going to have is completely contingent on how big the fucking tree is and how many lights there are at their fucking house. All right, so Clark has to have the biggest tree, such a big tree. Uh, that they they <laughs> did they don't bring any tools by the way to cut the tree down. They have to uproot this son of a bitch. And one of the best physical comedy moments in a movie is them driving off with a tree completely uprooted, strapped to the top of their car. Soon after, both Clark and Ellen's parents arrive for Christmas, uh, which we love. The mother, uh, uh, Clark's not Clark's mom. Ellen's yes, yeah, it Clark's or Ellen's mom. That is uh, Marie from Everybody Loves Raymond. I don't know, but she fucking crushes in this. Uh, Clark and Ellen's parents arrive for Christmas, but their bickering quickly begins to annoy the family. Again, it's just so perfect, man. I mean, the writing in this movie, the way that they set the tone of like Clark is this family man, the kids are kind of annoying, the family's coming over, they walk through the door, nobody's even saying hello, they're just immediately. Meow, 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 meow. Oh my god, did you remember to get a present oh, for hush, little Timmy? Hush, I was hoping that you were. Why are we talking about this? Did you make the green bean casserole? I made the goddamn green bean casserole last year, Donnie. You know that good well and you told me that you couldn't have it because you got fucking diverticulitis. Why the fuck would I bring my goddamn green bean casserole? Oh, well, excuse Excuse me, I just thought for once in your life, Peggy Ann, you would do the right goddamn thing and contribute to a fucking Christmas with our family. But I guess but you, but you guess what? But you guess what, bitch. But you fucking guess what? Go on, I tell guess, you what guess. I guess. I tell you what I guess. I guess I'm gonna whoop your goddamn ass. Stay over there. Stay over here. Oh, know yeah. What's good for oh you. yeah. Stay over there. Oh yeah, have your goddamn husband hold you back. Hold have your husband hold you back. We know that motherfucker ain't gonna do girls, shit and I don't like girls, the way he looks at on my hey, great niece. Girls, hold on now, everybody just calm down. This is a family Roy, fire. you don't fucking tell me to calm down, yeah. God damn it, I'm the one that tells That's you when right. to calm down. That's right, Roy. Shut the fuck up. You know a cat's was a Son of a Lord bitch. Ain't nobody Jesus. like you. You ain't even blood. Christ. This ain't about you, Roy. This I ain't do. about you, Roy. This ain't about you. Okay, anyways, we're glad y'all are here. Now, let's say the blessing. It wasn't that, obviously. That was a uh, dramatic southern retelling of what that situation is like, but we all have seen it where it's just like we're all supposed to love each other. It's it's supposed to be about family, but it is the absolute most stressful situation that anybody on earth has ever been in. Clark does not let this get to him, however, he means a positive attitude. I don't know why I said positive, means a positive attitude. All right, he's determined to have a fun, old fashioned family Christmas. He covers the house's entire exterior with 25,000 twinkle lights, which, of course, for comedy purposes, fail to work at first, as he has accidentally wired them through his garage's light switch. When they finally come on, they temporarily cause a citywide power shortage, which creates chaos for Clark's, Clark's yuppie neighbors, Todd and Margot. Margot, by the way, played by the inimitable, inimitable, if I'm saying that word, the inimitable Julia Louis-Dreyfus, who I'm currently watching in Veep. The woman is... I... It, She's won three Emmys for three different shows, yet I still think she falls into the underrated category. I don't think enough people talk about Julia Louis-Dreyfus's true contribution to our pop culture and and how just amazing she is. She makes every single thing that she does better, including her as Margot here. While standing on the front line lawn, admiring the lights, Clark is shocked to see Ellen's redneck cousin, Catherine, and her husband, Eddie. All right, by God. Let me say something right now about Cousin Eddie, Randy Quaid. Another person who, like, you know, let's not get caught up on what he's been like recently because Randy Quaid is an absolute lunatic son of a bitch. We all know it. But Randy Quaid in this movie, if if not the greatest, one of the greatest, comedic performances that has ever been in the history of cinema, television, stage, radio. I don't give a fuck what else. Randy Quaid as cousin Eddie is absolutely flawless. And another thing that I would like to point out about cousin Eddie in this movie that is gonna blow a lot of people's minds right now, I believe, is that everyone probably, I don't say I won't say everyone, but a lot of people when they think about Christmas vacation, they probably immediately think about Cousin Eddie because, in my opinion, he makes the movie. And it's like, yeah, this is the Cousin Eddie movie. Well, here's something that's going to blow your mind Cousin Eddie doesn't even appear in the movie until 44 minutes into the movie. 44 minutes into the movie is the first time we see arguably its greatest character. And I, and I'm, I, I, like, he comes in spitting fucking fire. There's not one, like, he goes on, like, an entire fire. He has, a, like, a five-minute monologue that is nothing but fucking crushers. That's all it is. It's just crushing line after crushing line. Just hilarious rib-splitting. It still holds up. It uh, It holds up, and I don't know if this is legal or not, but I think it is because it, it's fair use I, because we're talking about it. I'm just going to play Cousin Eddie's entrance right now. Here we go. This is Cousin Eddie's entrance, okay? Eddie? <laughs> Oh,
1: the house is gorgeous, Clark. <laughs> Eddie? <laughs> I hope you didn't do this all on our account, Clark. <laughs> Kids, come on out here and see what Uncle Clark's done to the house.
0: Eddie? <laughs> it's nice. the <Good> dog. Eddie? <laughs> <laughs> His face is perfect. Yeah, if
1: you don't remember, this here is Rocky. A uh, Rocky. Mm-hmm. Have oh, you got a kiss for me? Uh, you better take a rain check on that, Art. Right? He's got lip fungus. Ain't yet. Mm-hmm. You remember Ruby Sue? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Her eyes aren't crossed anymore. That's something, ain't it? Uh, she falls in a well, eyes go cross She gets kicked by a mule, they go back to normal. Oh, no! Don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and this here is our pride and joy. Snots. Pretty name it. Yeah, we named him that because he's got the sinus condition. Snots, you roll over and let Uncle Clark scratch your belly. <sighs> I mean, you never seen a set on a dog like this, <laughs> <and Scott> Clark. <laughs> That's okay, Eddie. I <laughs> That's something, ain't it? You pet him, Clark, on the Ooh. belly, and he'll love you till the day you die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really shouldn't. My hands are all chapped. <laughs> we were gonna call, but Eddie wanted to make it a surprise. Yeah, you surprised? <laughs> surprised, Eddie. If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. <laughs> We have plenty of room. <laughs> oh, I know plenty that look. Plenty of towels. <laughs> plenty uh, of everything. Yeah, well, <laughs> oh, <there you> go. <laughs> well we're, we're pretty well set up there in the RV. You know, it's a little tight, but we didn't come to impose. <laughs> <So, yeah, laughs> there's plenty of room. Queen's are damn polite, Ed. Well, you know, Catherine and I, we're, we're <clears throat> pretty comfy in there. You know, but maybe you folks wouldn't mind the youngster shacking up with you after that long drive. We could use a little private time together. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, why don't you run and get the kids things and don't forget the rubber sheets and the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to show you the home. Uh, uh, Audrey? Audrey? Come oh, on, That gerbil
0: shit is like... It's a, it's, a, it's like a cliche. It's, a, it's like a cliche. Now. Oh, sorry for dropping that off immediately, not fighting it out. It's like a cliche now. Like, oh, we're getting freaky. We're shoving a gerbil up his ass. But like for 1989... You know, I'm pretty sure this is before the, like... Richard Gere shit. That was a pretty funny joke. That that whole fucking scene, man. Just absolute... That's his first appearance. He comes in one after another. Just bang, bang, boom, dude. It's unbelievable. So, so, uh, his Clark senile Aunt Bethany and grumpy Uncle Louis arrive also. Now, Clark is beginning to wonder why his boss, Frank Shirley, played by Brian Doyle Murray, who just is a straight... He... I, I will tell you right now, that son of a bitch right there is criminally underrated. He was one of the best parts of Caddyshack, too. He's just unbelievable in every... Every single thing that he does. He plays that grumpy asshole just perfectly. If his brother wasn't Bill Murray, he would be looked at a lot different, in my opinion, but I mean, you know, come on, your brother's Bill Murray, you're gonna be, well, you're Bill Murray's brother, I guess, uh, forever. Uh, so, he, he needs his yearly bonus uh, because he, he needs it to replace an advance payment that he's made to install a swimming pool for the coming summer, and this is a part of the movie where, like, when I was a kid, I don't think this like affected me as much as it does now. Like when I was a kid seeing this, like it didn't do anything to me emotionally, but now seeing a guy who is like clearly spent money that he had that he thought he had and is worried that he might not have it, I can totally fucking relate to that and it really 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 heightens this movie. I think that most normal, you know, working people in America can totally relate to how stressed out Clark Griswold is by just like, I, want, I just want to give my family a goddamn pool, and I deserve it, I bust my ass, and here's this son of a bitch who's, who's got everything, and he's not going to give me my fucking... I, I understand that level of stress that totally heightens the comedy... After a disastrous Christmas Eve dinner, along with Bethany's cat getting electrocuted, <laughs> which is a fucking great scene, uh, I always say, like, I hate it when people go, oh, you can't do that nowadays. But I do I do know that I'm certain that PETA was all over their ass at this point, and they probably still would be today. I don't, I do not, uh, uh, um, uh, it's not something that I agree with to obviously hurt animals, but this was for comedy. And it was, it, and I, and they didn't really fucking electrocute a cat, obviously. But some people be like, you can't even insinuate that you're, you can't even fake hurt an animal. Well, you can. They did. It was fucking great. Uncle Lewis accidentally uh, uh, burns down the Christmas tree while lighting his cigar, He finally re- and, and Clark finally receives an envelope from, from a company messenger who had failed to deliver it the day before. Instead of the presumed bonus, the envelope contains a free year's membership for the Jelly of the Month Club, which, for the record, I gotta tell you, Jelly of the Month Club, not so bad of a thing. I'm for that, but when you're expecting... To get a bonus so that you can pay for a pool. Woo! You talk about an absolute fucking kick to the head, man. And uh, obviously, we already played the Cousin Eddie thing. I'm going to have to play Clark Griswold's tirade here. We can't not do it. Okay, you know this is before he opens it. He still thinks he's getting the bonus. Oh. Oh. Clark, what's wrong Honey. <laughs> it's
1: bigger than you expected? Oh, mm. <laughs> <All> the pain. <laughs> Smaller? <laughs> what is it? It's a 1-year membership in the Jelly of the Month club. <sighs> oh god. Clark, that's the gift. Gift that, that keeps keep on so giving. It. The whole year.
0: <laughs> that it is, Edward.
1: <laughs> that it is indeed i'm sorry clark but... this isn't the biggest bag over the head punch in the face i ever got god damn
0: it <laughs> historic tyroid drinking the eggnog <laughs>
1: Any of you are looking for any last-minute gift ideas for me? I have one. i like Frank Shirley, my boss, right here tonight. Yep. (laughs) I want him brought from his happy holiday slumber over there on Melody Lane with all the other rich people. And I want him brought right here with a big ribbon on his head. And I want to look him straight in the eye, and I want to tell him what a cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, (laughs) ignorant, blood Sucky dog kissing brainless dickless hopeless heartless fat ass bug eyed stiff legged spotty lip worm headed sack of monkey shit. He is hallelujah. Holy shit, where's the Tylenol?
0: <laughs> Dude, oh my god, it's just fucking sp- it's it's all right. We're back and uh, we're gonna cut the clip right now. So the music behind me just suddenly stopped. That is just such a perfect freak out and that's one of those moments like you know we have uh movie quotes sort of like control so much of our lives like you don't sometimes you don't even realize that that you're using a movie quote and it's just sort of entered the uh the uh, zeitgeist of your vocabulary and such like that and that's one that I'm very aware of like almost every time I've ever had a really bad hangover I wake up and go hallelujah holy shit where's the Tylenol tremendous freak out I don't know how many takes they took to got it but I'm, I'm pretty sure I read at one point that like that was all improv from Chevy Chase and like I said I don't know how many takes uh, one does to get that masterpiece but it was indeed a fucking masterpiece uh so he snaps uh Eddie by the way that request in there Uh, for I Want Frank Shirley Brought Here. Eddie takes that request, literally, drives to Frank's mansion, kidnaps him. Frank admits to having canceled the Christmas bonus, and Clark chastises him for doing so. Meanwhile, Frank's wife, Helen, calls the police, and a SWAT team storms the Griswold house and holds everyone at gunpoint. Frank decides not to press charges and explains the situation to his wife and the SWAT leader, both of whom scold him for his decision to wrap the bonuses, or scrap the bonuses, rather. Uh and he decides to reinstate them with Clark getting a bonus equal to last year's amount plus twenty percent as compensation. So by God, everybody out there, if people don't tell you if people tell you that you should have a quiet protest, fuck that. You gotta get dirty in the streets, baby. Fucking if you're out there, your boss is a sack of shit. Have your cousin kidnap that motherfucker. All right. I'm for it. Uh It's great, man, because, like, not that this movie was, like, completely grounded before, but, like, this, I love the shift from just, like, it's all kind of family squabbles, that's all it is, and then, boom, we're going to actually have a kidnapping scene, and we're going to have hostages, and we're going to have the fucking SWAT team come in, all because Cousin Eddie is a lunatic, and that right there goes to show you right there, man, like, Cousin Eddie, as crazy as he is, he is down, for his family. You know what I mean? He is a family man. By God, Clark said he wants fucking Frank's head on a on a pike or a spike or what is it? Head on a pike or a spike. You take the spike, you get the head and put it on a spike, but you put it on a pike? I don't know. But he wants he wants the boss in there and by God Cousin Eddie is going to deliver because Clark has been really good to him and it is Christmas. All right. So now we're in the final scene. The family heads outside when Rocky and Ruby Sue believe they see Santa Claus in the distance. Clark tells them uh, that it's actually the Christmas star, and he finally realizes what the holiday means to him. Uncle Lewis says the light is coming from the sewage treatment plant, reminding Clark that Eddie had been dumping his RV sewage into the nearby storm drain. Before Clark can stop him, Uncle, uh, Uncle, let's see, where am I at here? Oh, I just... Uncle Lewis tosses a match used to light his cigar into the drain, triggering an explosion. The explosion sends a Santa's sleigh decoration flying into the sky. Aunt uh, Bethany starts singing the Star Spangled. <laughs> That's a fucking great scene when she starts singing the Star Spangled banner because she's just so out of it and seen how. Uh, everyone joins in as the flaming decoration flies into the distance. The entire family and the SWAT team members then celebrate inside the house while Clark and Ellen happily share a Christmas kiss and Clark stands outside satisfied that he provided a great Christmas for his family. So there, that's me, uh, re- that's the Wikipedia plot for this movie and the dramatic retelling by me. I'm not sure if any of that's legal. Surely it is. Wikipedia is for all of us and I'm citing my source uh, and I think this is all fair use. But yeah, that is... A Christmas Vacation, which I believe to be the greatest Christmas movie of all time. I can watch it year round. To me, it is a five out of five. It is two thumbs up. It is three stars. Whatever uh, rating you want to give it, that means the most. It's a hundred percent. I don't give a. F- let's see. By the way, let's let's do that. Let's look up in live time. I'm doing this right now. Uh, Christmas Vacation, Rotten Tomatoes. Let's go. Let's see. Fucking. Uh, 67 percent okay that's actually not that bad for a comedy because critics are always shitty to comedies which is dumb because like critics like hold comedies to the same standard as goddamn citizen kane like someone will give a review for joe dirt and they will like they'll talk about it as if the movie was supposed to be like super artsy when like no it's fucking not But in my opinion, this is a 100% out of 100%. Absolutely tremendous movie. I don't know what movie y'all want me to talk about next week or if you're just like, hey, Corey, we didn't like this at all. This was stupid. This is not what we got in this for. Let me know in the comments uh, because as I've said... My Dumb Dumb Brain with Corey Ryan Forster, I treat a little differently than I do all my other stuff. Most of the time, I'm just like, yeah, I'm doing whatever I want regardless of what people think, and if they don't like it, they can just move on. But this is for y'all. This is, y'all subscribe to this. Um, tell me what you want to hear. Uh, tell me what your favorite movies are. Tweet at me. Uh, email me at buttercreamcory@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Leave comments on this episode. Um, and, you know, as I said, there's no ads on this uh, episode aside from the fake one for Bethlehem Bar and Grill. This, so this this podcast is sponsored exclusively by my Substack. if you're out there and you want to support the show you want to support the things that i'm doing you can bump up to that five dollar tier and again as i've always said if you can't afford it Just email me at buttercreamcory at gmail.com, and I will comp you a subscription, no questions asked. And also, if you're someone out there who is like, yeah, I pay for it, and that makes me mad that you give it to some people for free. I don't think there's a lot of those people, but if you're one of them, email me, and I will refund your money. I promise. I just, uh, especially during the holidays, I'm in the giving spirit. And here's the deal. Uh, here's the thing that we can achieve with, like, if, if everyone that has a free subscription to my Substack bumped up to the five dollars subscription, I would be able to do more things. You know, that's just true. Uh, again, if you want to stay at free, that's great. Whatever, I'm ha- I'm I'm happy enough that you're subscribing for free because that is invaluable to me. Having an audience like this built in to read my stupid stuff that I put out and share it is great. But I will say if everyone that is subscribed for free decided to bump up to the $5 tier, this could be more of a full-time thing and you would just get more because of it, like you would. I wouldn't be doing the same amount uh, because I've got like eight or nine jobs right now and we've got a bunch of other projects, but this Substack has been the most fun thing that I've done and the most rewarding. So like I have little goals where it's like if I'm at this you know, if this many subscribers by this time next year, I can kind of quit doing this other thing because I won't really need it. And I'll have more time to focus on the writing and the putting out bonus stuff and yada, yada, yada. So, you know, if, if you, if, If you've considered it before, maybe consider it again, bumping up to the 5 bucks. But like I said, if you can't afford it but you still would like it, I'll I'll comp you for free. I think there's enough people out there who have the money and will subscribe that will more than make up for it. And if not, I don't care. I'm still allowed to do this. Um, I want to do the right thing and give people some uh, extra uh, entertainment uh, when they otherwise... Couldn't afford it. Okay. Hey, also, guys, um, you know that I'm trying my best to be a pretty big advocate for mental health. I suffer from depression. I suffer from anxiety, and that is not something that, as a Southern man, I was necessarily able to talk about when I was a kid, nor did I even realize that I suffered from it because it just wasn't a real thing. It was never talked about. I never heard somebody like me say those things out loud, and I really, 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 really wish that I had, which is why I try to be so vocal about it now. So while we're here, um, if you're out there and you are feeling suicidal, please, 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 please reach out to somebody. Reach out to one of your friends, a parent, a grandmama, just bare minimum call the Suicide Hotline. This this season is—it shouldn't be, but for some reason the holiday seasons are very, very stressful to people, and uh, there's a pretty high rate of suicide. And it's just— as they say, it's cliche, but it's a temporary, it's a permanent solution to a temporary problem, and you're worth it, and you matter, and I promise you that how you're feeling right now is not, um, um, it's not indicative of, of who you are as a person and how you normally feel, like you, you just, I, I don't know, I said this in a video the other day, when I have great moments and good moments, I try my best to click File, Save, and store those away for moments when it's not going so good so that I can go, hey, man, listen, yeah, today sucks, and you suck today, and your brain is playing tricks on you. But remember yesterday? Yesterday was good, and tomorrow will probably be good too. Right now is not your fault. But you also got to do every single thing that you can in order to put yourself in a position to win. Um it's true that it's not your fault, but you do have, there are certain things you can do to help yourself. You know, therapy obviously is one of them, medication is one of them. Um, but even little things like, I'm not gonna go all Tom Cruise on you and say that the cure to depression is exercise, but I will tell you that it does help. It absolutely helps. It um, you gets your endorphins up. Eating better makes you feel better, makes your brain feel better. I promise, just you gotta do these little tiny things. Ta- breathe, give yourself a break. Stop boozing if you're boozing too hard. It is a depressant, and if you've got a problem with alcohol, get help for that too. I, I now know why I sort of drank as much as I used to. I used to, I was just like, oh yeah, it's just, I'm a partier, you know. But a lot of it was me trying to mask my emotions and stuff like that, and that's not healthy. And um, and we need to talk about this. Like I, there's nothing real. <laughs> I say there's nothing. My generation may may be lost to this like we might just be a generation that we didn't talk about our brains enough and like we're going to be playing catch up the rest of our life but the generation below me by god i I want it to be better for them and we should want it to be better for them if that's the only thing we can do then let's do that and let's be vocal about this let's talk about this let's make sure that they know that they shouldn't be ashamed to ask for help and it's not their fault when their brain plays tricks on them it's not your fault okay i love you and um thank you for subscribing to this substack tell all your friends and i will see you next week and uh love you bye